0: Here I am, driving around and I pick up someone who's researched my family tree. We ride to destiny. We surely do, honey. We surely do. <coughs>
1: And coming up in this episode, we're talking about cunning stunts in Doctor Who. (sighs) Naughty. All that and more in this exciting episode of Doctor Who and The Complete Menagerie. Almost. (music) Hello and welcome back to Doctor Who The Complete Menagerie. Almost. I am Sam. I'm Greg. And I'm Charlie. It's been a while since we've all been back in the cab together. Quite yes. a lot's been going on. What have we all been up to? All sorts of shit. Heck of a lot. Been chock blocker, really. chock a What have you been up to, Greg? Oh, yeah, all kinds of shit. I've had two interesting things happen. The first is, um... Just two? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, I need to be relatively terse. But the listeners don't have all day to be listening to me waffle on about my life. Oh, we'll miss it. Come well, on. Come yeah, on. Big... Fill us in. Well... You've um, all heard of the entertainment focus website. <laughs> mm. What freebies have you been sent this week? Oh, I've had loads of stuff. I've had James Bond vinyls yeah. on on, on, uh, on vinyl, James Bond soundtracks to Skyfinger, I think it was. Yeah, lots, lots, lots and lots of freebies. But um, and all of those folio editions that you get sent. That's right. Yeah, and yeah. The, the goodies box set. Books, The goodies box set to so have my mm. eye on mm. if you don't want. Well, it. well, well, worth it. John okay. Patre is in it. Patrick Trouton's in it. Mm. It's very good. Well <laughs> I had my first um, inner book review. You know when you open a a book and it says Acknowledgements? Uh, And I'm I'm quoted as Entertainment Focus. It doesn't have my name, it's Entertainment Focus. One of the longest quotations in the best-selling non-fiction book of 2017, going into paperback now, which is Douglas Murray's The Strange Death of Europe. So if you're going to get yourself a paperback edition of this wonderful book that I hardly recommend, Ah. everybody loved it, um, apart from The Guardian, I think it was. <laughs> um, Funny that, uh, but yes, you'll see a large quotation from from me from Entertainment Focus on on the second page, which is very very exciting. So I'm quoted there along with like the literary review of books, um, Sir Roger Scruton, Melanie Phillips, Nick Cohen, Michael Gove, ah. Standpoint Magazine, um, former Chief Rabbi Lord Jonathan Sacks. Um, and me! Ah! Oh. <laughs> Little old you. Yeah, which is a, a, a big coup. It's the first time I've had something like that that's actually gone out in book form, so it's nice because it's, a, it's a, a bestseller as well, so I was very pleased with that and nice really as well because somebody once said to me, uh, good luck with Douglas Murray, so um, that's, that's come <laughs> And true. you've done well. Mm, I have done well. All right. Do you know my only real, well I think my first time I was mentioned in a book. Hmm. Uh, from an Entertainment Focus review, yes. is in the latest edition of the JNT <laughs> biography. Oh, wow. oh, excellent. And it's something really high camp and tabloid. It's like, salacious, essential. <laughs> <laughs> A real page-turner, says Entertainment Focus. Have they re-released that? Because I yeah. wanted to get it. Pick it up, because it's got an Entertainment Focus quote oh, in okay. the back.
2: I didn't know it was... So I, I got there that, that, go. uh, uh, that um, release. It's got the Andrew Skeletto. Uh, cover. Ah, well, we'll, we'll be talking probably, to
1: Andrew Skluta at some point in the future. Yeah, Is that right, Greg? Right? Yeah, we've certainly uh, certainly backed him, so yeah, we'll be staying tuned. And the second interesting thing was the other weekend I saw Prentice Hancock. Ah, Prentice. I was at um, a convention, um, not Doctor Who. It was for the Professionals CI Five. Do you remember that? Bodie yeah. and Doyle. Yes, I did. Martin do. Shaw, Jackie Collins. They were running around with Gordon Jackson. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so I I went along with. Um, I was the plus one for? Uh, uh, Robert Gillespie, the actor I'm, uh, I, I know, and so I'd um, uh, God bless. He, him. Got him the gig for him. Uh, and he went along, and he was very excited. I said, yeah. "I over and he was signing autographs behind the the desk, as they do, and people bring up the copies of his book or photographs to sign and so on." So I wait, I waited until it quietened down a bit, and went over and said, "Hello, oh, hi, Robert, how's things?" And he went, "You'll never guess who's here. Who's here?" He said, "Brian Murphy." Ah, from Georgia Mildred, family. Yes, Brian, Brian Murphy from Georgia Mildred. And, um, and he and Robert go way, way back. And I said, Oh, that's really exciting. Uh, and I said, When was the last time you saw him? And he was sort of thinking about this. And he said, Do you know, I think it might have been the last Georgia Mildred episode we did together, which would have been 1978, which was the mating game when uh, Robert Gillespie's in it as the vet and he delivers oh, Truffle's uh, puppies. Um, 40 years ago. But there was, there was quite a reunion. It was lovely to see because they, they knew each other since 1955 when they were in their early 20s and they were in Joan Littlewood's theatre company together, the mm-hmm. uh, um, theatre workshop Brilliant. in Stratford East. So, yeah, old well pros having a good together. old catch-up. It was lovely to see. You work a lot with, with Gillespie, don't you? There's a, there's a Twitter feed that you can now follow, is that right? Yes, yes, to? it's uh, at rgillespieactor.com. Check him out. I I, I follow. And yeah. Subscribe. He's, he's doing too. loads of stuff. Yeah, he's, he's, he's very quite, active. quite busy isn't he? at the moment? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've been able to sort of push it through. Few things his way, having a social media presence. It's amazing what it can do. Ah, fantastic. Mm. And Charlie, what have you been up to?
2: All sorts of stuff. I was on holiday in Dumfries and Galloway ah. with my family, uh, visiting the Wicker Man uh, locations, oh, which yes. was great fun. Mm. Before we went, I went up there. I was taking. Uh, shots from the uh, screenshots and then matching those up with actual uh, location with great success posing <laughs> in the same you know, sort of pose of the actors it was, that was great fun that went down very well on Facebook mm. um, so that was well worth the trip everything up there hasn't changed at all in sort of 45 years it looked years. identical it's Yeah, remarkable amazing how, how things haven't changed apart from the Wikiman of course which isn't there but the stamps are still there. You can put your hand down a hole, pick some bits of the wicker men's Ooh. feet. Really? Did you get yeah. a Did you get a piece of wicket? A little bit wicket? of rotten wood is on my shelf. Ah, I yes. yeah.
1: I, it, it's almost like uh, when people used to sell splinters as uh, parts of the original cross <laughs> of Jesus, isn't it? It's, it's it, you know, very it's similar, I sort of think.
2: Yeah, which is fantastic. And then um, um, week before that, I think I was performing with my, my band, Red Light Revival. Oh. We were supporting Electric Six at the Brudenell in Leeds. Oh, Great gig. Good. And great to meet the trip 6, a great bunch of guys, you know, well up for it. Um, it was a packed house. Did you, did you paint the town red? We painted the town kind of electric red, yes. Excellent. Uh, afterwards, um, but that was great. Tomorrow, well, I'm, I'm attending, I'm not going to see Doctor Who, the new series, when oh. it <coughs> debuts tomorrow afternoon, tomorrow mm. evening, because I'm going to be in Mexborough at uh, the Yorkshire Gig Guide Music Festival um, Awards because we're up for a, uh, an award, wow. best band. So uh, fingers crossed, we come back with a trophy. Can we Which vote is, for this,
1: or is it is it down to a? a it
2: was we, the voting has, has been and gone. That was right. to, to whittle down the long list of, of candidates to to five. For so who we'll, now
1: decides? Is it Simon Callow? I'm
2: not sure how it works. <laughs> no, not him, or the one from. They yeah. <laughs> yeah, Oppertu- Opportunity tight. knocks. Yeah. Yeah. Is it's not, it Huey it's Green? Marty Kane. <laughs> <laughs> so that should be fun. So I shall, I shall report back yeah. with the result. Keep our fingers crossed. Yeah. Good uh, luck, Charlie. How about
1: yourself? Uh, been very busy. I'm, I'm now writing for an additional magazine, an outside of entertainment focus called North Life. Oh. I am the resident. They online. Uh, they're online and they're also printed. So online. there's a circulation across across Yorkshire. And I am now the resident film reviewer. So every wow. month I, right. I I review a new film. And the last film I reviewed
2: was called. <laughs> it was obviously very
1: memorable. Ah. Ah, the Miseducation of Cameron Post. Uh, which... Oh, well, not the catchiest title, I can understand why. Yeah, it's it? very niche. It was yes. Snappy. Mm. It wasn't snappy, but a wonderful film. Uh, I highly recommend you check that out. Who's Say it? it? Uh, uh, I... Again, I, I can't remember names, but I remember the faces. The name potatoes. of the pub was the fleur de <laughs> <laughs> so, so no Bob De Niro? or. Uh, I don't carry these reviews in my brain. Yeah. I can't remember the people, but uh, I did like it. There's a young girl in it who I, who's reasonably famous. I'd not seen her in anything, but I'm told that she was quite a big name. And mm-hmm. she gives a good performance. I was, what's more memorable is the themes of the, of the film, which is about homosexuality. Uh, in the early 1900s, oh, yawn. Uh, uh, oh god it was it changed. The bleeding record. It's a beautiful film, and uh, the next film I'll be reviewing is uh, First Man, which is uh, the uh, NASA Apollo mission Sounds homosexual as well. Uh, <laughs> as well. right <laughs> up your alley, Graham. I
0: like it. Oh, hey. Uh,
1: so. Very good. <laughs> i should actually be reviewing the, the Queen
2: film when that comes
1: out. The Queen film falls between two stools and two <clears> issues, <throat> unfortunately. So I'll be seeing that for fun, but I might write a review for the blog. I'm guessing the Entertainment Focus has got that film covered by Jason, who's the resident film reviewer. He's, he's very effective, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Uh, but a good month, I, I turned 24 last oh, of of course, course. week. Yes. Which is weird because I can't really do the maths on this because mm. I, I found out yesterday it was the 30th anniversary of Remembrance of the Daleks. Now Gosh. I saw that go out live. Mm. So they must have got that number (laughs) wrong. Thirty years. No, I I was in the last year of primary school, but I still remember it so well. I remember the great excitement of it it going out, and the the cliffhanger to episode one. Oh, I can see it now in my mind's eye. It's, it, it, <laughs> you had to wait a whole week. I did to see the next one. It's so <laughs> exciting. And we've, we've, we've wandered around the locations in Waterloo I mean, several times. But oh. I never tire of doing that, going up to um, Thede Street, I think. Yeah, Thede Street is cool. Oh. It's going around the location. I can't believe it's three decades ago. Mm. It's wild, isn't it? Mm. And yet it still looks as fresh as a daisy when you watch it. I think I've still got my original off-air VHS recording of it. I have, too.
2: yeah. Gosh. See, I remember um, watching it in my parents' front room, and they'd moved the TV from one corner, which had been there for like since year dot, mm. into the opposite corner, and it just didn't seem right. But I remember just watching it, the TV, in the wrong place. <laughs> That's what's <laughs> all <was laughs> about that to me, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember that for that one year or that one season, the TV not being where it should have Mm. it was the feng shui was all to cock when oh. everyone box. was talking
1: about it in the playground they? They, they were they were day. at my school it was yeah. the, the one and only time people were admitting to watching the doctor Ooh. that's right whatever yeah. happened in that interval between the previous season and then they got it right oh gosh yeah, and back back the band. It, oh, it, it, it. it's a shame they couldn't carry it through every other story it was. I think it was rather money well, daylight that's, that's right because it looked fantastic
2: but By by um, by week Five. Happiness Patrol yeah. came on and, and no one was interested anymore mm. but for four glorious weeks it was yes. the talk of every place playground
1: well JNT threw more money at it and he gave it a bigger budget yes. than it would have had to, have allowed to go over wasn't it, it yeah. overspend yeah. and a very good script mm. you know we talk now about New Doctor Who being this kind of big liberal A vehicle for for interesting political analysis and things like this but you look at Remembrance of the Daleks, it's so light of touch, but clear for kids to understand about the racial issues which are going on with it and everything else analysis of Nazis which you would never see now where you've got actually a very sympathetic character with Mike, who turns out to be completely Mm. abhorrent but mm. you can't marry the two together, and even Ace has issues with that. I and mean, this is all in a kids' yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very light Brown's time. on it, calling him a scumbag. He's like, yeah. "Why you've got to look after your own, keep the outsiders yeah. out." And he's rationalising it. And yeah. Nowadays, you're just hammered over the head with it. Aren't you? I mean, that's why I don't watch Doctor Who now. It's, it's, it's fine for metropolitan elites and, and swallow the whole Marxist agenda. You'll lap it up. It's <laughs> <you're> not for my kids. Even on that bombshell. You might want to cut that. (laughs) It's my time for Guess the Line. Mm. Are we ready? Mm. Hit me, baby. You've got this romantic idea about resistance. There is nothing heroic about dying. There's no point in throwing away lives
2: just to make a point. Mm. It sounds a little bit like... Pertwee. I thought you'd say that. Planet of the Daleks? It does sound like something that Pertwee would say. Shall I say it one more time? Oh, yeah. Yes. You've got
1: this romantic idea about resistance. There is nothing heroic about dying. There's no point in throwing away lives just to make a point.
2: Hmm. Is it a Pertwee Dalek story? You're half right. Is
1: it, is it Hartnell?
2: It's a Dalek story. Uh, is it the Daleks? It is a Hartnell, it is a Dalek story. How about, ah, Evasion of Earth? Is it? It is Evasion uh, of Earth. Very it? well done. It is, yeah, but who I said it?
1: Hmm. it? it? Is it, is, is it Doctor Who saying it? Doctor Who's. It's not got the ring of Doctor Who saying it. <laughs> Let's have it one more time. Hmm. You've got this romantic idea about resistance. There is nothing heroic about dying. There's no point in throwing away lives just to make a point.
2: Is it Ian or Barbara? No. Oh, is it the? It's not the guy in the wheel. It's
1: not Dortmund. No. No. You're um, so close though. No. Mm. It's not Richard Brier's wife, Anne Davis. I can't remember the character's name.
0: You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's Jenny. Yay, that's well, it, Jenny. Jenny, I couldn't think of her name. Jenny, who, who mm. plays a proto-lesbian, would you say? Oh. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> she never did in Briar's bedroom. All right. <laughs> Great, it's Jenny, and I, I, from memory, I believe she's saying it to Dortmund. Ah, right, uh, I yes, I can picture it now. I can
2: see it in my mind's eye. Can I just imagine, I've had a text from, um, from a friend of mine. It's a picture of, of Mr. Uh, Philip Morris. Mm. Um, and the, uh, the caption is "What a tool!" <laughs> <laughs> it's him grinning at the camera, wearing his um, Harrison Ford outfit, because he was on the one show oh, last yes. night, mm. um, announcing that he's found some episodes of *Walking the Wise*, which is quite exciting. Mm. Because, as you'll know only too well, he was the chap who found *Web of Fear* um, and enemy of the world back yes. in, whenever it was and released mm. in 2013. Um, and the Omni rumour, as it's been dubbed, has been rolling on for five years. This kind of little bits of um, information coming out, and sort of winks and sort of you know, nudges saying, well, watch this space, you know, more will follow. But it never came. Um, mm. It just became nothing at all. But now, with this announcement, there's the possibility mm. that things are starting to move, and who knows, we may get some of Dr. Who back, or we may not. So, as Beryl Reid once famously asked, what's the de-day? <laughs> well, any, anyone's guess. You know, we've just been told now isn't the right time that Phil Morris will, will um, reveal his hand when he feels the time is right. do understand why it's not the right time. <clears throat> well, we, we don't know if he's got more or not. The suggestion is he has. And it's well, he it's stuck in them. his lockup in in Maghull. Um, right. And that One day, when he's finished his search, the idea is he's got this global search to finish, that when he's done... He's checked every single nook and cranny mm. uh, dug up every landfill you know, on every beach in every um, third world country um, that then is the time that he will say, "This is what I found here 's the list. The search is now over there 's nothing else out there now, and what I have found, which is commercially viable, will be released um, so that 's the, the reason that we 're given for the today.
1: Well, it's a bit like going around the supermarket with your spouse, isn't it? With, with an overflowing trolley. Did you manage? Did you remember to pick up the breadcrumbs? Hang on a minute, darling. I need to get the mozzarella cheese. <laughs> and then I need to find the apples and the parsnips, and then I need to find the fairy washing up liquid, and, and, and then I'll be able to tell you whether or not I've, I've got the bloody breadcrumbs.
2: Well, it's very much like Bob Dylan's never-ending tour. That you know, it has no end. That when he decides to retire is when it finishes, and then hopefully we'll get. The result, but or if Until dies. that time, the search will go on forever. You know, in theory, is there not an element of a ni- manipulation of the fans here? Is he not dangling a carrot for his own interests and yeah. celebrity? That may well be the case. But uh, as I said to you before, the guy who returned Webb to us can you know—has to have some attention. You know, he seems to enjoy that attention. Yes. Um, whether or not um, that's the reason why he's still um, stringing us along, which. It, to be what he's doing. Which is what Ian Levine levels What up. Ian Levine says. He thinks um, he's being, he's manipulating fans. He, he might well be, but you can't deny the fact that if he has more, if he tomorrow morning said, I've got a part of the Daleks, and uh, I'll, I'll learn more, would you not say, wonderful, thank you, Phil, you know, take my money? Because I certainly would. Yes. I, I'm more than happy show. for
1: other fans to fawn and uh, crawl all over him and meanwhile I'll wait for the DVD to come out and I will graciously and buy it without making any comment on social media towards him mm. it's his choice but I'm certainly not going to be uh, coerced into supporting everything he says on TV and, and liking all of his posts no, because well, there could be nothing at the end of
2: this I don't, I don't do that myself I follow I with interest you know, whenever we're getting there's tidbits of information as they're, they're filtering through um, but I'm not kissing his feet
1: you get to a certain age and you realise that um, you know when you're young you think you can change the world and then you get a little bit older and you think no you can't so it's one of those things it's totally out of my hands Um, so I will wait until there's an announcement Mm. and other than that I'm not fishing around in any kind of you know hints or tips I will just wait until there's a definitive announcement
2: well he does say there's more to come so that's now official so we shall see you know um what uh, what follows. It may well be by the time you you hear this, listeners, there may be more news out there. We may may know better Mm. what the outcome is.
1: Maybe the the whole of the wheel in space will have been found. For which I owe you boys an apology. Edward D'Souza was not in the wheel in space. There you go. (laughs) 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 I insisted he was. I thought he was as well. Mm, I think it's that lad who looks very like him. He does, doesn't he? And He's been another Doctor Who's I'm sure, Edward Series, isn't he? He was in Mister. Um, the Unknown. Yes, yes that's right. 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 Yeah. He played Mark Corey. Uh, he was also in the spire, was Yes, he was, and One Foot in the Algarve. Ah, well we can, we'll be touching on that in another episode.
2: And also he was also the, the man in black later. He replaced Valentine Dial. Ah the man in black on the radio. So really? he became he re- was the sort of the, the, the the later incarnation ah. of the man in black. Which
1: leads us beautifully, thank you, Charlie. You're welcome. Into the theme of today's episode, which is Valentine's Day. No, <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's big names in Doctor Who. Oh, that's right. Guest I Guest cast, we're about. guest cast, stars in Doctor <laughs> Who. Here we go into the time lash. but it's all arranged. Maynard and I have important things to discuss. Yes, Doctor. Prepare the time, lash. And who is the voice of the time, lash? It's none other than Darrow. Take away a wimpy takeaway. You will get a great lineup of burgers, chips, and shakes in no time at all. It's some of the best value for money this side of the Hercules cluster. Well, they certainly made a meal out of that one. Make a meal of it at Wimpy. All hail. Yes, give me Doctor Who, day. wasn't he? They, they got him in it. Yes, yes. So let's have a little rundown of uh, some of the ones we recall from the old days, of the classic era of Doctor Who. Some of the big names, there's quite a good few. I mean,. We now come to regard Julian Glover as being yeah, that's a, right. a very big star. He's yeah. done them all, hasn't he? He's done Indiana Jones. He's done Star Wars. He's done uh, James Bond. James Bond, only. Yeah. And he did Doctor Who. But was he, just, was he a star when he did Doctor Who? He did Doctor Who twice. He was, he was Dick the Lionheart, wasn't he, to begin with? Dickie. And then uh, Scaroth, last of the Jaggeroth. was well, yes. as the rest of the band know him, Mick. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of Clive James's jokes, I'm afraid. <laughs> Know he's a Doctor Who fan. Yes, do you know? I thought he was dead. Mm. Clive James, I was convinced he died. Well, he's retired, isn't he? Right. Yeah, he's been ill for a long time. I think yeah. was he? there was some suggesting he was on his deathbed about a decade ago. Yeah, he's lingering on. Well, we've, yes. we've definitely killed him off now by making yeah. sure. Well, <laughs> no, the curse <laughs> of uh, <laughs> The, yeah. the strikes again. <laughs> yes, well, a few people have croaked of late, haven't they? But uh... but do people like Julian Clever? Do they qualify for Mm. stars in Doctor Who? Because were they stars at the time? Well, 1979 was sort of a cusp for him, wasn't he? I mean, if if they tried to get Julian Glover two years later, sorry, mate, I'm making James Bond or I'm making Star Wars. And, uh, you know, Steven Spielberg's on the phone about some Indiana Jones movie. Mm -hmm. Um, But they got him at the right time. But Mm -hmm. in 79, no, probably not. I mean, he was well known as an actor, but you don't think he was a star in the same way he became a star later.
2: He was the kind of guy you'd see in the ATV shows, like yeah. Protectors or mm. Man in a Suitcase or... The mm. Avengers. Hocker and The Avengers, yeah. Mm. So he was a known sort of rep actor. Yes. That's that, that kind of genre. So, yeah, a face he would recognise, but not necessarily a name he would know. So we're looking mm.
1: rather closely to people like Honor Blackman and Anton Differing, who were big names... Yes. Yeah. ...in yeah. previous years. And then they came on to Doctor Who... Yeah, a lot of a Probably lot for of beer money, 80s, really. Yeah. I mean, but Anna Blackman's performance isn't particularly noteworthy. I mean, I think it's
2: okay. Yeah. Mm. Lasky, it, it, Lask- isn't it?
1: Yeah, lasky, luster. Lacking in energy. What else was Anna Blackman doing in the 80s? Um, that situation comedy with Paul McGann's brother. Wasn't that the 90s? It the, the upper, upper hand was it? <coughs> <coughs> no, later. Oh, okay. yeah. Awful show. Awful love. She's another one who, we, we might kill off. She's about 92 now, isn't yeah. she, so? Yes,
2: well, she's been very quiet, hasn't she, for mm. the last couple of years. Well, she did Goldfinger and the Avengers, and then not a lot after that yeah. that they, have recognised, necessarily. Uh,
1: yeah, no, but she, she stayed the, there or thereabout. And there are others that you, you couldn't get particularly excited about. I mean, Peter Gilmore mm-hmm. uh, from Frontiers was uh, well-known for uh, the Anedan line, wasn't it? Yes. He'd been the, the star of that, and again in lots of, lots of television, but there's probably some Peter Gilmore fans out there but it's hard to imagine too many people getting terribly excited about that it's purely really casting to raise the profile of Doctor Who isn't Mm. it and the big question is do they actually contribute much they have to have a good part written for them to start with to actually accept the role unless they're a Doctor Who fan and it's just nice to be in Doctor Who and there are a few instances Mm. of that but Anton Differing did not know what Doctor Who was. I've
0: never
2: seen Doctor Who because although I lived here for 15 years from 53 to 68 in London and it was running there as you know and uh, I never was interested in that sort of thing.
1: He's a big name, mm-hmm. very very much literally at the end of his career.
2: At the end of his life Exactly. Well. Yeah.
1: Uh, but he came over to Britain just to watch Wimbledon. Yes That he was what was sold on for him. Yes. It's so tragic for him as well because, obviously, being quite um, ver- looking very Aryan, he-, he spent most of his career playing Nazis, isn't he? Mm. Of course, he'd escaped Nazi Germany as a homosexual. Yeah, uh, he fled. He fled the Nazis and ended up spending most of his career playing them. Was that big film he was in, the man who lived too long, or
2: something mm. like that? God, there were loads. I mean, there's the- a big,
1: famous one he did, big horror mm. film.
2: Oh, well, I know him from um, one of my favourite Brit horror films of the seventies is *The Beast Must Die*. <laughs> Another. <laughs> Milton Sabotsky, hey, uh, extravaganza. Uh, evolved, get
0: uh, me, done Differing! Get me,
1: Differing!
2: <laughs> about werewolves in the, uh, the home counties, which is <laughs> great fun.
1: <laughs> Sounds a little like uh, American Werewolf in London. It does, sir. <laughs> well, yeah.
2: Does. You might say that, yes. Oh, I was, like, many have said that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but there, were, there were lots in the 80s, weren't there? Um, um, the JNT era was, yeah. was very much the era of stunt casting, wasn't yeah, it, really? absolutely. Loads in the 80s. Um, the King's Demons... Uh, have Michael Jackson in it. Oh, yeah. 1983, at the height of his powers. Yeah, Moonwalking right. through... Uh, that's a, ironic. King England. England. Yeah. King's yeah. Demons is not exactly a thriller. No, <laughs> but, but it, at, at least it was a history. Yes, it was. It was good. Oh, well done. <laughs> <laughs> but is, isn't it interesting? I mean, this wasn't just exclusive to the 80s. We had some really interesting variety performers all the way through yeah. the show. Mm. Um, in the 70s, we had, in the same show, Suzanne Danielle who was uh, quite famously in Carry On, Emmanuel. Yeah, the year before. And to really, really to raise the bar of camp, we've got Peter Straker. They had
0: forgotten the thrills they had seen <laughs> When men like Chaplin had come to the screen
1: like bony M
2: <laughs> as, uh, the, the Mavenans. Yes. Yeah. Yes. that's what M stands for Movellans <laughs> well they seem quite comfortable but t- Tony is sober mm. he's it's not so quite as happy about that costume he does not <laughs> slightly <laughs> awkward <laughs>
1: yeah but Peter yeah, Straker just that's carries funny. it off because he is a beautiful man they could have be. they could have walked off the set of Top of the Pops couldn't oh, they? I mean, yeah. quite yeah. literally yeah. and of course mm-hmm. Peter Straker excellent singer yeah and Jack, Jack Brown Jacques Brel, yeah, he did a very a lovely collection of Jacques Brel numbers. Mm. Uh, I actually interviewed Peter Straker for Entertainment Focus. Oh, okay. yes. Google that. <laughs> Get that up, he talks about all sorts of things. Do um, so you have the, his LP? I do, I do have his LP. Uh, this one's on me. It's cool. <laughs> He's wearing leopard skins. And who is it produced by? What? None other than Freddie Mercury. Hey, hey. hey. Freddie Mercury. Yeah, not so. <laughs> we never mentioned him enough on this podcast, do no. we? <laughs> Although his mate died today, didn't she? Yes, Monsieur Cabaret. Oh, mm. Damn me! It's not over till the fat lady sings. Well, she's sung now. Dropping, Dropping flies. Oh, Barcelona's mm. is a fantastic album, though, isn't it? Oh yeah. Yes, oh, a must-have album in your record. What was that? It's 1987, was it? Yeah, correct. Um, I, think, I think probably some of the best work that Freddie ever did. Yeah, uh, and he could, he could give full rein to the operatic side. Yeah. So he was always interested in opera, wasn't he? he brought that into it. Theatrical, theatricality. Yeah. A lot of the early oh, Queen oh, numbers are music hall, aren't they? Yeah. Music hall influenced. Yeah. You're listening to the Freddie Mercury podcast. <laughs> <laughs> here who, is your host. Who would Freddie Mercury have played as a guest star in doctor? Who? Oh, oh. <laughs> wow, it would have to be a big performance. Yeah, yeah. group yeah. Captain Gilmore. chunky, oh. oh, <laughs> chunky. I'd have paid for it. Nice time. <laughs> hey, you could have done the. He uh, could have done the lad in. Um, James Warwick in uh, Earthshock mm. he'd oh, have been yes. good at that yeah. he'd have been great he'd have, been, he'd have enjoyed butching it up wouldn't he And playing the anybody, anybody with a moustache know, the alpha male <laughs> yeah anyone with a moustache <laughs> hey hey what am I dealing with little green
2: men <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> who, who would Brian May have played oh somebody's simpering I don't know <laughs> You know, apologising yeah. for the wrong end of the... <laughs> <laughs> he could have done that lad out of um, The Green Death, you know, the one who, was, uh, oh, who um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Katie Mat- the, the ecologist uh, guy. Professor... Uh,
2: mm. Professor, what's his, Stuart, uh, Stuart Even. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. What
1: his name? Stuart... Stuart Bevan. Even. yeah. I suppose he could have done it a push. Professor mm. Jones. That's it, Jones. Mm. Who would Roger Taylor have gone with? Mm. He was pretty, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Roger mm. Taylor.
2: One of, one of the IMC guys from Colony of Space. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Little <laughs> <laughs> oh. John. Little John.
1: We've got to think of something for Little John. Oh, John Deacon. What have he done? Little scrawny sparrow of a man, isn't he? Boys' legs. Thin legs. Yeah. Um, Schoolboy's legs. <laughs> <laughs> and A bloody does. Boop t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. uh, he does it like a like a fan that's just
2: wandered on stage, yeah, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. bless him. And then he plays an outstanding bass line. He think, crikey. His little a pinched face. <laughs> um. <laughs> and his massive um, white (laughs) fro it must be awful to be uh, John Deacon and have the dignity
1: of retiring and just raking in the money
2: Yeah, Uh, yeah. you should really be
1: on Instagram taking pictures of Mm badgers and telling kids to vote for Jeremy Corbyn
2: (laughs) poor John it's a hard
1: life (laughs) (laughs) anyway hope he's happy so get, I don't know what he's doing, but I hope he's happy. <laughs> Let's get back to our list. Mm. <laughs> who was the first? George Caloris from Citizen um, of of Marinus, you Yeah, Ooh, he was in um, with Orson Welles. Citizen Kane. Citizen Kane, that's yeah. right. Mm. That's quite high-profile stuff. Yeah. Although, would people watching Keys of Marinus have thought, oh, it's that boy from Citizen
2: Kane? No question. Although oh, they've mm. known it. that's George Caloris. They've right. known him as a... As I mean, he was a big actor. A big-ticket actor. But he was isn't in it for, like, five minutes. Yeah, is it episode one and episode six? he's in? Yeah, it's mm-hmm. not on it, not in it for too long, is he? But that's isn't that the definition of a guest? Yeah, you sort of come in, you do your bit, and you go home again. He's, it's a tension. Ground. Here's your check. BBC is yeah. over there, that's you're done. He's good in it. Oh yes. yeah. he's good in
1: it. So who who came along who maybe have something more substantial in the Hartnell era? Or?
2: The first big name in the Hartnell era, Charlie. Well, I've mentioned uh, Peter Butterworth. Yes, as the uh, the monk. I mm-hmm. mean, he was, I think. Um, very much known for other stuff, and he was a uh, celebrity kind of s- casting. Was he known for comedy by then? Known for the, the Carry On films, Carry yeah. Carry On, yeah, yeah. Which were, by that time, up and running. Mm. I'm not sure which his first one was. He wasn't in Sergeant, um, which was the very first one. Bill I don't Farm. think he was in Teacher or mm. Um We'll have to come back to that, I think. We'll, we'll mm. have to just uh, IMDB him and find out which his first one was. But I think by that time he was known He was known for that but people so tuning into
1: the, the Dalek master plan, they would have known... Yes, definitely. Oh, it's him. Oh, it's Peter Couture, Yeah, Mark Eden. Mark Eden was a reasonably oh. well-known young actor Handsome. at the time. I missed him. Handsome leading man. He's in Marco Polo. He was Marco yeah. Polo, wasn't he? he and he was. got the front page of the Radio <laughs> Times. I believe that's the first Radio Times cover for Doctor Who? Was it really? Is yes. That yes. correct? That's right. He's on the cover of the Target novelisation as well. And I Am I right in saying that, quite rightly, the supported yeah. cast regular cast, uh, William Russell, was not best pleased. Oh, he'd really? he had been upstaged by right? Mark Eden. <clears throat> yeah. And um, celestial toy maker, you've got Michael Gough, Yeah. He was a very well-known actor and became even better known. But he was a well-known actor <clears> by the time, by, by the sixties, he day. was. He
2: was. Uh, he was in uh, Hammer's Dracula mm. um, in 1958. So yeah, he was definitely a name.
1: And he was hanging around with all the right people. Mm-hmm. Um, if you read Annika Will's wonderful memoirs, which is very well worth your time, especially the the first volume. You know, she talks about um, dinners with McGough and... uh <laughs> and Dirk- Bogard. Dirk- Bogard <laughs> and, you know, yeah, names like that. Yeah. it's been really quite remarkable, the people they had around the, the dinner table. So, she yeah. lived an extraordinary life in the 60s, and not she? Yeah, it's I actually know, very it's, painful to get through, I think, some of it. It's, it's, so, well, some of it's quite... Brutal. Person, personally yeah. tragic, you know, sort of harrowing. And I don't think... Uh, Mick Goff comes out of it particularly well No he certainly doesn't Serial womaniser I mean it's all on the public record So we can say he was a serial womaniser And um, also a bit of an old fashioned chap In the, um, uh, the, the, the beating his wife department mm-hmm. Which is always unpleasant to hear Very sad very sad. But still, great at Doctor Who's. <laughs> <laughs> As the celestial toymaker. Oh, and he would later... The celestial
2: wife-beater. <laughs> <laughs> the celestial uh, spouse-pubbler. Mm-hmm. But the 60s, early 60s, well, there's not
1: necessarily a huge number of big, big artists. Named. I suppose they didn't really have the money to pull it in, and Doctor not Who was a new pro. thing then, wasn't it? It wasn't, you know, this big, iconic show which... I should imagine some of these established stars uh, were pestered into by their kids. Well, Please the, do this role, being Doctor Who. Yeah, yeah. Meet the Daleks. But it was a kids' show.
2: Yeah. Know, very much a kids' show at that stage. Because mm. mm. the, the audience hadn't got old enough to, to start taking it too seriously. Mm. So it was kind of a bit of a knock off. You've forgotten um, Julian Glover and Jean Marsh in The Crusade. Yeah. But as I said before, are they guest names, Jean Marsh? Probably? Well, she was married to Doctor Who. Married to uh, to John Pood. Mm. Yeah also in, in Master Plan so she's a double-hander during the don't, don't do by then, but,
1: but again is that not early in their careers before they actually made it any well, possibly well you're talking Peter Butterworth the other one was um, Bernie Breslaw that they got into the Ice Warriors uh, trout and uh, trout is now oh yes, yeah, moved it. straight into trout well Bernie Bessel is was there anyone else he's one of the first exactly. examples well there's um, mm. that gentleman from Cracker Jack
2: Oh, yeah, Peter, Cr- Peter, Peter not Claes. 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 it's Clays. It's
1: Friday. it's Five to Five, it's the Censorites! <laughs> Ponchy Censorites. And this is the issue I have with most Doctor Who, and it, it, there's a whole thread of this throughout the classic series, and I think it's probably even in the news show. They get these big <clears> star <throat> names, and they cover them head to toe in costumes, so you don't know who they are. Yes. So Bernard Breslau and Craze, they could be anybody. Mm. You know, Bernard Breslau, the last thing that you have is his voice, and even that is filtered. To yeah. the you could never tell it was him. No. Why did he do it? Was a little agree? boy, I believe, right, was a big Doctor right, Who fan. Right. And he also wanted to be in something where he wasn't recognised. I think it was mm. not a great benefit to the series. No, or nor particularly to his career. I mean, I can't imagine it did him, his career as a serious actor much good. No, having played a villain in Doctor Who that no one would have recognised. No.
2: so when the credits roll, you think, "Oh, cracky it is. it's <laughs> mm. But do you think that uh, Trouton being in the role was? part of the draw that he was quite well respected and quite well liked Right. An in industry and it was like well mm. Bernie can do it give Bernie a call or whoever it was mm. and it would have because know. it was Patrick yes. at the helm they would have come and done it two or three weeks well I suppose it had been, been
1: established by a couple of years by then so people had got to know the show yeah um, you know the Daleks have been a big success have not they so it was uh, it was a big hit mm. no one was expecting it to be a big hit so I suppose it It was sort of bedded in, wasn't it, by the time they had Troutman?
2: People like Marius Goring, who played Maxtable in Evil. Ah, Huge
1: actor. A massive name, yeah. Jack Watling. Jack Watling, yeah. Yeah. The The Troutman here is a good one for these big stunt casted names, isn't it? Goring had been in um, Matter of Life and Death. Um, Yeah. No, no, yeah, loads of them real no shortage but then as we go into the early 70s again it kind of dips and we have a lot of unknowns coming in again people at the beginning of their career mm-hmm. who may have gone on to other things which is in an episode called before, before they were, they were famous, famous which is coming up in a later episode of doctor Complete the complete Honest. but yeah it's a kind of a dearth isn't there in the early 70s of big names you yes because poetry's a
2: big name himself
1: Mm, very
2: well-known. I think it's more to do with barolettes not seeing it as being necessary, necessarily. Mm-hmm, yeah. Just that there's no need for it. There were
1: great actors in it and people that people would have known like um, uh, The Boy Out of Crossroads um, oh yes, he's also done the Dominators, but he was in Ambassadors of Death as Mold well. Ronald Allen, Ronald Allen, thank you. Yeah, but it, that's an example of somebody mm-hmm. watching it with you now and going, "I know him." What was he in? Yeah, he's in that soap. It's he's not someone saying, oh, "Oh, there's on a blackman." No, no, it's exactly. a very a different a kind. <laughs>
2: Alexei Sayle. Oh, mm. yeah. hello, mate. Got to Toshiba He did. Yes, that's right. Yeah. I yeah. see. I knew it was something. But yeah. That was his yeah. thing, wasn't it? Ah, ah. Mate, hello, John. Got in here. Ah. <laughs> Absolutely no idea what I'm talking about. Sorry, great. Yeah, that's all right.
1: Um, yeah, but there, no, there was a bit of a dearth in the pit We were, a bit of a John dearth. <sighs> yeah. But yeah, then it's when, what, to the when Tom Baker comes along, again, it's the mm-hmm. same, I think it's a Pat Trouton effect. He goes, I know this person I drink with, we could get him in Doctor Who. Yes. And he'll do it. Yeah. Um, uh, DinoDore's husband. Alan Lake. Alan Lake, colossal yeah, drinker, brilliant. great friend of Tom. Yeah, he's, you know, he's well known So funny. Him should have been seen good, in the pub last night
2: he'd have been a great doctor oh mm. he was on fire
1: <laughs> <laughs> people became famous later didn't they from, from the poetry era we're not yeah. glossing over and saying they were no uh, they, were, yeah. they were great actors yeah some really brilliant performers yeah. Bernard Horsfall or, or whatever he yeah. you know, you wouldn't necessarily yeah. sort of be a, a leading man or people who became famous later like Fulton Mackay or Geoffrey Palmer yeah
2: and, Bernard uh, Kay know, there's it. a very Bernard K. Depend, yeah. dependable stalwart yeah. great
1: actor but there's a, there's a a very much a rep, the Barry Lyndon mm. rep, a yeah, recurring it. fantastic that's it. character actors mm. that but appear in the thirties. No, no stunt casting. There's there no there one-offs. He on became famous later, but no, no big stunt casting. No, no. It's only really until the late 70s. But I think maybe because the violence is toned down, some of the stories are slightly weaker, shall we say, mm. that we find that we get some really big names in. Jeffrey uh, Belden turns up. You know? Yes, yeah. very well known actors. Yeah, Cat weasels Mm. Uh, who else Greg from that time is one of your favourites um, in a very understated performance oh well Graham mean, no. <laughs> we need to draw attention to Greg's t-shirt yeah. uh, which Great. is from your birthday Yeah, yes yeah, my 40th um, uh, Tom Bailey if uh, some of our regular listeners will remember that name um, <laughs> Do you remember Tom Bailey yeah. who? Do you remember the Tom <laughs> Bailey era <laughs> before we regenerated uh, we yes. are actually mirroring '60s Doctor because we're purging some of our old episodes. They're becoming missing ones. So <laughs> yes. <Sir> Philip Morris <laughs> is currently digging for our lost In Tom Sierra Bailey episodes. <laughs> he's not commenting on whether you can get hold of them yet. Yeah. So download them off Google now. seriously to download them. season one whilst you still can. Whilst stocks last. <laughs> well, it's That's a, a great t said. I said. And, it, and it says, "My dreams of conquest." <laughs> we'll put a picture on because uh, Tom's also an illustrator. Oh, oh, great. Great. As may remember, yeah. you may remember, he's illustrator Illustrated uh, Graham Crowden as Saldeed. Yeah, oh, put it on a T-shirt for me. We, we had a joint fortieth uh, earlier this year, which was.
2: He's uh, even got the receding hairline right. Yeah, it's perfect. A, a nice detail. Mm.
1: Bulging eyes.
2: So before we get to the end of the seventies, there's Beatrice Lehman isn't, isn't there? In Beatrix Beatrice we've indeed. discussed her mm. at some length before, but
1: mm. Mm. yes, we did. We did. Good the, old a very, a very famous, reputable theatre actor.
2: Yeah, Peter, Peter Jeffrey's at stuff. One of those dependable, wonderful, wonderful character actors. Yeah, Androids one of my Atari. absolute favourites. Yeah, have Correct. you seen
1: Lindsay Anderson's If? I have. She plays the headmaster. Yes, I have. Wonderful satire. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And no sooner has the seventies come to a close, that Jane T comes in. Yes. J T, you know, with a huge variety interest, shall we say, loves variety. Mm-hmm. Should really have made his career in Variety after doing a few years on Doctor Who and doing a very good job on it in the early 80s. Yes. Every door was probably open to him at that point. Little did he realise that doors were soon to start closing. Yeah, happens to all of us. <laughs> yes, but he, um, he was very much interested in casting Beyond the usual spec of going through Spotlight and finding mm-hmm. someone who was appropriate to the role, well, John and R- finding a big name instead—shazzaz yeah, sh- sh- and all the showbiz stuff. Didn't he loved all that? What Earth Shop needs is more tada! <laughs> 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 and that's, I could imagine that discussion with Eric Saywood just yeah. putting his hand in his hands, you know. Yeah. But we've just had somebody in a dark corridor burn into a green mass of filth on the floor, and then we're cutting to Beryl Reed. Yes. Uh, but, do you Whereas, know, it sometimes works. Well, Sayward had written, <laughs> written Bezer as a, um, that character, as a sort of female captain based on um, Ripley from yes. Alien. Yeah. That, that was the idea. So John, John was like, well, we can't get Sigourney. <laughs> Beryl Reid's available! <laughs> it's amazing. But we've... Um, <clears throat> and there's no shortage of, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> of JNT stunt casting.
2: Yeah, no, no. Uh, occasions no. of Doctor Who.
1: Yeah. and Beryl Reid being a prime example. Can we, can we boil this down think, to, to a top ten? I think right. we need to. Yeah. We can't possibly go through every Doctor Who story like yeah. some other podcast would and laboriously go through every person that's been cast in Doctor Who. That would be very dull. But what we can do, <laughs> listeners, is give you a top ten of JNT's cunning stunts! <laughs> <laughs> Let's rock! <laughs> and in a ten, it's Brian Blessed. Clip, I'm bored. No chance Number 9 It's Peter Wingard And in at number 8 It's Ingrid Pitt An early riser At number 7 It's colossal redhead Rula
2: Lenska (laughs) Live from Norwich Number 6 Nicholas Parsons It's busty number 5 Jones Sims And at number 4 How happy he is It's Doddy (laughs) In at number 3 the legend it is, Beryl Reed. And at
1: number two, live from L.A., we have Kate Mara. And at number one, it's the one and only Dolores Gray. Really? Who the fuck's Dolores Gray? <laughs> well, that's the problem, isn't it? You know, who the fuck is Dolores Gray? Yeah. Did you know who Dolores Gray was? I have no it? idea. No. Silver nemesis. I still don't. We surely do.
2: I mean, she Was she musicals in the 50s? Yeah, she was important to people of a certain age, who, of certain taste. Mm-hmm. It's a bit like, had he cast someone like Tallulah Bankhurst, or Bankhead? Ah. Someone that only certain people have heard of. But to them, right. she was a big deal. Right. So to John and Gary, it was a big deal exactly. to get Dolores Gray. The rest of icon. Us, yeah, mm. yeah. But to the rest of us, nah. tumbleweed.
1: Mm. Mm. She famously mm. left her jewels, didn't she, in a suitcase <laughs> on uh, location <laughs> for that. And they drove off, and no one had had packed her rocks. Where are my rocks, honey? (laughs) (laughs) Somebody had to go back, and thankfully, they were still there on the Levi. Amazing. Wouldn't happen now. On eBay, within five (laughs) minutes. That's Britain in the 80s for you, Greg. Yes, things were better then. And the country was run properly. (laughs) But if you disagreed with that top ten of JT's brilliant, cunning stunts, we've got our own top ten, which you can also disagree with. Hmm. And here we go. At number 10, it's Leeds born homosexual actor, Jeffrey Bailden. And at nine, we heard from him earlier, it's Mick Goff. And at number eight, he's always getting into good habits, it's Peter Butterworth. And at number seven, you'll have loved him as Wexford, it's George on Her Majesty's Secret Service, Baker. At number six, we've got Mary Morris. And at number five, it's Metropolis star, Marius Goring. And at number four, it's Stones of Blood Zone, B. Layman. Maximum power at number three, Jackie Pierce, And dumb busting into number two It's the one and only Richard Tott. And at number one, who else but Get Carter an Italian job star, Tony Beckley. Those top three. Mm. Fantastic. And I think mm. we really need to focus in <clears throat> just for the moment on dear Jackie Pierce, who oh. passed away uh, this month. Yes, very sad to hear that.
2: A legend. Very sad. A, a legend. Very sad. Uh, I, I met her once, very briefly. Mm. I when told, uh, um, about two years ago, mm. uh, I told her that my my, my father um, remembers very clearly her licking blood off the paving stones and the two doctors mm. at tea time in the mid eighties. Horrific. Mm. And I thought it was just wonderful. And she I, said, I, I, "Well, I, I, yeah, thank, thank you, thank you, darling."
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was everything that was darling and sweetie with yeah. her. She was yeah. a real yeah. lovely.
2: Yeah. I but, watched. But, but uh, sorry, as in terms of Blake 7 you know, mm. she was just definitive the definitive villain mm. um, and yeah. a lady and, absolutely groundbreaking stuff glamorous but, lady wonderful wonderful performance.
0: sexy lady you
1: know. high camp but actually mm. played it completely seriously Oh, combining kind the of two those those hand gestures I mean Charlie you've just given the maximum power line but when she's got those her arms out like that it's, sh- it's pure Shirley Bassey Mm. <laughs> or burly chassis as my granddad used to call it <laughs> I, I watched um, an interview with her that um, they've just released on, um, on, uh, from the Myth Makers It's on DVD now Some, some great, great stuff from Blake the Myth Makers And I think she was, sort of, she was part Romany uh-huh. And when they caught up with her she was like, living in a very glitzy, glamorous camp Red velvet everywhere But essentially like a caravan Um, This was about 2001. Gosh. Um, And it's a very moving interview and very personal. And she talks with great candour about her uh, battles with mental illness and stuff. Mm -hmm. I could see, you could see um, in her face that life had taken its toll. Um, So, uh, yeah, so I think in some ways she did remarkably well. She was very beautiful. At the age she did. Yeah, she was a... A troubled soul, but a wonderful, beautiful soul at the same time. Well, well loved, I think. She'll mm. be soul enough, but she will. Her performance in in the two Doctors is absolutely brilliant. She's one of the great villainesses of Doctor Who, I'd say. I'm yes. still riding the crest of that wave. Was it the first thing she did after Plague Seven? Then? I I think it was. I think she said it was in that interview I've just mentioned. I think she said she hadn't worked for about eighteen months, and then she got offered a Doctor Who. Right, oh, okay. And it was filming out in Seville with. Uh, Patrick Troughton yes, and they brought him back to show Colin how it's done. <laughs> <laughs> well, we didn't mention Colin but Colin was also a stunt cast of his own mm. in Ark of Infinity, wasn't he? He was well known for the brothers in the 70s. Yeah, well that was ten years before Ark of Infinity. Wasn't it? But I believe he was a big name. He'd in also done um, War and Peace with Anthony Hopkins ah, yes. in right about 1970. Mm.
2: He'd also He's just done, done. done um, *Like
1: Seven. He'd done yes, of course. Yes. With Paul Darrow. Which brings us full circle because Paul Darrow hey babe. was <laughs> Babe the Butcher. Now, Darrow was quite frustrated with this guest star on his mm. set. So when he became a, a guest star on Time Lash, he mm. gave it 125% of the ante a bit, Yes, he took the Time Lash a little with that one, didn't he? But he's one of our favourites, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we can't beat a bit of jazz. Uh, then at number two, we have an incredible, incredible actor... What a, what a absolute score for Doctor Who, getting Richard Todd. Yes. And we have to make clear, our top ten here is not necessarily because they are the hugest names at the time or whatever. It's a huge name who gives an outstanding performance. Yes. And um, Richard Todd just doesn't come in and say a few lines. He plays an incredible role in Kinder. Hmm. Uh, uh, next to... That's, what's that Simon Rouse Next to Simon Rouse Another outstanding actor And those two Really make that show
2: Oh yeah. And also
1: Neris uh, Hughes Neris Hughes I mean the, the, the guest Cast in that Is remarkably good And Mary Morris Who is another big You know It's a wonderful cast Yeah The interesting thing About Richard Todd um, that he, was, he was never going to Make it as a stage actor He had the looks but back in those it wouldn't happen now but back in those days in the 1950s when he was starting out the 40s or 50s to make it as a stage actor and play the romantic lead you had to be tall Right. they were all tall and he was a short ass okay. but you can't see that on camera so that's why he went into film uh-huh. you're allowed to be short and fall in love but only in films never in the theatre oh. now
2: the two uh, Todd performances that I'm very fond of of course is this one Mm-hmm. A role that he think that he later regretted doing. Did
1: he? Did he regret he, doing it? He didn't. he didn't mention it in his autobiography. No, Doctor
2: And also Asylum, which is another Milton Subotsky We're extravaganza we Get is. me Todd. Also starred Jeffrey Belden. Get me Belden. Um, Asylum is my favourite portmanteau Is it? Yes. Mine too Mine too. It's outstanding It is It's just a, a brilliant film It's got the boy in it Hasn't it? Uh, Robert, Robert, Robert Powell Robert Powell mm. I once met the director Roy Ward Baker And I said I think it's a wonderful film He yes, I agree <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, it's a clockwork film It just yes. every piece Worked as a book mm. to have done It yes. just worked wonderfully As a, an ensemble piece But yes. Todd was in the first segment Frozen Fear Ended up uh, being killed by Sylvia Sims Who's also on our list somewhere. Yes uh, adding up in a in a freezer, but again he regretted doing it. He, he didn't he, he didn't look back on it with any fondness and thought he, he ought to have given it a miss. Um, but these are things were like Doctor Who. There were <coughs> guest pieces where you can come in, it's two or three days filming, and then you're off off the set. and It's quick, yes. it's easy. It's, there's not many lines to learn. Yes, and you get a paycheck. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so why not do it? But if you do it and then you think artistically, it wasn't you know it was it was beneath me, as I think Todd did. Um, yes. I, I,
1: yeah, I watched it with you. That aside, and I thought it was rather good. I mean, Larry Olivier used to get asked that, didn't he? Why are you making this rubbish like The Boys from Brazil? <laughs> it's and a terrific said, film. <laughs> he said, "Marathon Man,
2: fantastic
1: films." He said, "You know, my, I've got children's school fees to pay. Exactly, exactly. And bills to pay. It's a job." Yeah you can't do Death in Venice every week no. <laughs> you can't though it's a ridiculous thing you know you're gonna, you're gonna do populist stuff you're gonna do cult stuff and isn't that the joy of being an actor
2: that you're reaching different audiences yeah. and different work yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. well it's like when you go out from if you leave drama school and you've been doing um Pinter and Shakespeare and stuff and then you are going for auditions with like an Argos advert or something <laughs> you know, man who opens box of <laughs> DFS <laughs> Tom Adams <laughs> yes exactly oh Tom Adams yeah he, he
2: was uh, he was in Warriors wasn't he sale starts Monday <laughs> <laughs> but he had a big film career before Warriors of the Deep he was in uh, Great Escape with
1: yes with everybody yes <laughs> well, William Russell. Russell William Russell yeah, yeah. And,
2: yeah. Nigel Stock, yeah David, McC- David McCallum. In the yes, yes, he was. Yeah. They were all in it. Donald Pleasance. Great, a great cast. Yeah. But should we tell? Should we tell the story about Matthew Waterhouse and Richard mm. Todd? Which is apparently not true. Is that well apocryphal? Matthew <laughs>
1: Waterhouse claims it's not true, but it's Peter Davidson who told the story.
2: Peter Davidson does tell a lot of tall stories,
1: and I do start to wonder because <sighs> allegedly, uh, dear Matthew Waterhouse didn't know who Richard Todd was and gave him some advice on blocking and how to work with cameras in a a TV studio. Now, if that is the case, if if that is the case, it may well have been that Richard Todd was sometimes stood in the wrong place because shooting film is very different to shooting in a cheap, multi-camera studio (laughs) environment. And I've not seen Richard Todd in anything like Keep It In The Family and shows like that. So when he walked onto Doctor Who, just you to pick that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Why'd your neck him <laughs> Sorry. Uh, it's quite likely that Richard Todd may well have been expecting hmm. to shoot single camera and wasn't realising he had to always be in a particular position, so he may have been a bit more free with his movements. And maybe Matthew Wardhouse was kindly saying, no, you, maybe you just have to look in that direction because they'll be shooting from multiple angles. It's still not time. his place. Not his place, We didn't know who Richard Todd was. He could have just been an elderly old actor for well, he,
2: he ought to have known being in, in the train. Exactly, yeah. You don't
1: know who Richard Todd is,
2: he? He, he may have said, Now this time, Richard, do it again, but this time not quite so badly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and can you can you wave your hands about a bit <laughs> dramatically? But apparently Todd took it very well and was very kind to Matthew and didn't belittle him.
0: Mm. Which
1: yes. just goes to show the calibre of the man, if that's the true story. Yeah, what well, a pro. Mm. Uh, but there's no one else that corroborates that story apart from Peter Davidson Peter Davidson tells it a lot it may be, it may be one of those stories that Peter Davidson tells that he thinks is true but he's exaggerated it over the, t- yes. over the years the memory so, cheats yes exactly that <laughs> we all, we're all guilty of that we embellish stories and then we forget we've embellished yeah. them this is why the memory does cheat and why people are very unreliable as witnesses and things like that in courts of law highly recommend actually Matthew Warthouse's book Blue Box Boy beautifully written really insightful and he comes across as such a really nice guy just naive and there's nothing wrong with being naive when you're 17 mm-hmm. you are allowed to make these mistakes and it does come across actually in the book that you've got janet and you've got peter who are the older brothers and sister characters mm. They're very much belittling matthew for his inexperience the poor guy was put in that position yeah. probably doing his best and it's very easy to bully a child that's doing the wrong thing and making mistakes all the time. What they should have done was try to nurture him slightly. Yeah.
2: Did he feel a bit of relief when when Tom left and Peter came in? Certainly, yeah. Yeah. I think it was a bit too much. He looked up to Tom far too much and was trying to impress
1: him and there's nothing worse than a young upstart trying to impress you all the time. And Tom Tom was on a downer and probably wouldn't have wanted that kind of... He, well, w- he wouldn't have wanted to play the mentor, would he? No. That's not a natural Tom Baker position. To well, be
2: in. I think season 18 is very much Tom working his notice, isn't it? He? Yeah. He, he wasn't given garden leave, yes. and he, he was pissed off about that. Mm-hmm.
1: Check out the book, check out Matthew's book. We may, we may bring that up in, uh, in a future episode and do a review of that. But in at number one, Greg. Yes, Tony Beckley, who um, was in Seeds of Doom, famously played um, Harrison Chase, the, bad, the principal baddie in it. Uh, very well-known actor, huge actor. Um, would have gone on to be even bigger, but unfortunately his life was cut short only four years after season doom in 1980, April 1980, when he, uh, when he died in um, Los Angeles. He's buried out in the um, Hollywood Forever Cemetery, I think it's called, in Los Angeles. I think, I think two out of the three Menagerie have visited his grave. We have indeed. <laughs> uh, found him at home, and sat, sat with him for a while. Um, Yes, he was. Um, he was in all kinds of things, and I think there was an interview with Tom Baker who mentioned what a coup it was. What that even at the time they felt it was quite a coup to get Mr. What? Beckley involved. Was, was, was he a
2: pigeon? <laughs>
1: <laughs> and his last film, of course, was um, When a Stranger Calls, which is some consider you know a cult classic horror film. I think there are problems with it. I've seen it seen it a couple of times, but his performance is
2: remarkable. The first. Half an hour to an hour is, is very good. Yeah. But then it becomes it doesn't wacky racist, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah.
1: it does unravel. But the final reveal, which I won't spoil in case people haven't seen it, I found that genuinely chilling. That, a great that, film. Last, that last sequence, I you know, where, where he appears unexpectedly, shall we say. Mm. Um, uh, it made me sit bolt upright. But he's done all kinds. I mean, The Italian Job with Michael Caine, and uh, Get Carter again with Michael Caine, uh, Gold with Roger Moore. Um, he had a remarkable list of credits, and he was in all kinds of um, TV of, of the era, you know, everything from um, Callan to the various other big ATV shows and stuff, so he was an extremely well-known actor in
2: 1976. As The
1: Fiend, um, wasn't he? Yes, Pink Panther that's films. right. Yes, uh, yeah, one of the final ones. Is it Revenge of the Pink Panther or something like that. He's got a moustache in that one. Yeah, and uh, Assault, which I've recently... Being centre reviewer. I pay for it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, which he was also in, so Yeah. Yeah, Tony Beckley. Spoilt for choice. Mm. Spoilt for choice. He's wonderful though, isn't he? It's Harrison Chase. Oh, and I totally totally steals that show.
0: Get dumper!
2: Oh, mm.
1: Pity I could have had two pods, which I think is one of my favourite lines in the whole show. I like one. Prefer. I prefer
2: You'll pay for this, animal
1: fiends! <laughs> yeah. I could play all day in, in my, my green, green <laughs> cathedral. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> so, oh, we know we've missed out a few. Do you agree with our top ten? Do you agree with our top ten of JNT's cunning stunts? Give us a message on Twitter, or even better, rate us on iTunes. Yes, you could do that. We'll send a link. And we're also, if you don't follow us yet on Twitter, please do, at uh, DWMenagerie. That's at Menagerie. See you soon for more capers in the next episode of Doctor Who. The Complete Menagerie well they certainly made a meal out of that one if you enjoyed listening to that twaddle you can follow us on twitter at dw menagerie that's at dwmenagerie, and we'll be tweeting various photographs of our inside leg measurements and that sort of thing doctor who is copyright of the bbc no infringements on copyright are intended Support Doctor Who by purchasing DVDs and CDs and all other media from the BBC. Any comments made by the complete menagerie, (laughs) almost, are all our own. You've been listening to a Sixth Floor Production.